just as Tanya and I were praying about this week, we just started on a bit of a journey and just felt God leading us on a journey for, for us to share a little bit about our journey. And in amongst, amongst that, we, we sought some counsel and we chatted to a couple of people. And in amongst it, there was a little bit of a revelation for us. Part of our heart is that God's glorified and we're not. Um, and if you know us, you know that that's part of who we are. But in amongst that, we actually underplay what God's doing in our lives because we don't talk about it. We don't share what's happening in our lives and uh, in our desire not to be arrogant or to be proud or to be boastful, we actually, we actually miss out on a whole bunch of really good stuff and you miss out on a whole bunch of good stuff that God's been doing and we realise that, that that's, it's a good and a bad thing, that character. So this morning, we're actually going to share with you a little bit of our testimony, just, just pieces of the story, I guess, because great is our God. And he deserves that, and he deserves that acknowledgement. And, uh, and yet, in our desire not to be the centre of attention, the spotlight, God missed out on being glorified in that. So we want to really just share a little bit this morning. And I'm, I'm going to start with, uh, with, with the first story, and that is when I was 11 years old. I grew up in a family where I, I, I've never known God not to be, not to exist, God's always existed. I've got, uh, we've been really blessed with having a family where, where God's been part of the family since before the day I was born. And mum and dad were missionaries in Southern Africa. So the first seven years of my life, I spent running around with uh, lions and stuff. No, that's not true. <laughs> so I never saw a lion the whole time I was there, just for your reference. So um, I heard one in the middle of the night, but I didn't see one. So, but anyway, so I grew up in that environment. But when I was 11, I was laying in bed and I was worshipping. I was worshipping as a little kid. I loved the Lord. I, I wanted more of him. And I was worshipping and I had an experience that I had no idea how I could explain. I, I felt a presence. The, the, it was dark but the room was like it was light. The inside of me was just overwhelmed with this freaky and yet very comforting sensation. And it really freaked me out. I, I had no context to put it in. I had no way of explaining it. We, uh, we went to a church where the, the Holy Spirit was mentioned in passing and I had no concept of the outworking of the Holy Spirit and had no framework to put on it. And I was very introverted and never told anybody about this experience. And it wasn't the only experience. I, I, had, I had a few in that season that I couldn't explain. And, um, Matt doesn't like things you can't explain. <laughs> I don't like things I can't explain. And so... I knew it was special. I knew it was significant. And, and out of it, I actually, I remember coming up with some words to describe God because no real words could explain what I was experiencing. And so I had to come up with new words to explain the, this, this sensation. But because I had no context, that, those experiences just got buried. And that was my first experience of the Holy Spirit was just unexplainable, unquantifiable and had no, no context and was very, very private. In fact, I've never publicly before today said that to anybody. I've, uh, Tanya knows, a couple of people have, have heard, but really it's something that has been, was very, very intimate 
but unexplainable. So that was my first experience of the Holy Spirit and was really, really out of context, which made it very bizarre. So what about you, Tan? What was your first experience? So I also, we, you probably already know this, we just have amazing families. And so I grew up with a family that, yeah, with parents who just love God and, and want to do all that God wants them to do. And when I was in year seven, I got told that we were moving churches, that mum and dad were going to plan a church, would be involved in planning a church. And so we we had to be there for two years that the church we were going to had asked mum and dad to plan a church and said, hey, can you be involved in this church for two years? We want you to commit to two years and then you can come back if you want to. So I was counting down the days and said to mum and dad, two years and I'm going back because I just started in youth group and the youth group was really great and I didn't want to leave. But we went to this new church and, and the pastors there were um, John and Mel, not John and Mel Cameron, but someone called John and Mel Ball. And John and Mel had just come back from Canada. And when they had been in Canada, they had actually had some experiences in the Holy Spirit. And when we started this church, they started talking about the Holy Spirit as if it was a real person and not just part of the Trinity. And the church that I'd gone to, it was just part of the Trinity, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, three in one. That was pretty much it. And so as someone who is in year seven, I had such a hunger for the things of God. I wanted to know all that God um, wanted for me. And so I started to really want to press into the things of the Holy Spirit. And I remember being prayed for and starting to speak in tongues and thinking, wow, this is such an amazing thing. And then a few years later in 1994... I don't know if any of you guys have heard. Is that true? 1994, that long ago? Yeah, 1994. <laughs> Sorry, just for the young people. Oh, yeah, 1994 <laughs> when you guys were not – I was in year 11, showing my age. We're both going to be 40 next year, but anyway. I so, know, oh, old. So 1994, um, a thing that has been termed the Toronto Blessing happened in Canada. So there's a vineyard church in Canada where the Holy Spirit was manifesting himself in just ways that – when I heard about it, it just blew my mind. Like people were laughing out loud uncontrollably. People were shaking. People were being slain in the spirit and just being overwhelmed by the presence of God. And because John and Mel had come from Canada, they knew some people and had heard quite early on that this was what was going on. And I just went, boy, if that's what God has, I want it. I want what God has. And so there was a church nearby called Dingley Church of Christ. And so they had had people who had gone to Toronto and had come back and they decided they would have prayer and healing nights every Friday night. So pretty much every Friday night I went to Dingley Church of Christ. They had some worship, they had someone speak, but then the good stuff happened, which was the altar calls. And really all you were doing was just waiting. Let's just get to when you get prayed for. Because I get prayed for and I got a tingling sensation all through my body that I'd never felt before. And I'd been warned, be careful, because people try and push you over. So when they're praying for you, make sure they don't like have your head, hand on your forehead because they want you to go down in the spirit and they'll push you to try and make that happen. So I remember, I remember going to, to Dingley Church of Christ and always having my eyes open just to make sure that nobody was pushing on my forehead. But then one day, about the third or fourth time that I went, I got so overwhelmed by the presence of God that I fell over. And it was one of the most defining experiences in my Christian walk ever. Because up until that point, I knew that God loved me, but I thought he loved all of you more than me. Because of the, I've got a voice that sounds stupid and silly and I don't like it at all. Um, that's not so true. I used to hate it. 
And in year 11, I really hated it and thought God had made a mistake and there was no way that he would, he mustn't have loved me enough and, you know, to give me such an awful voice. But as I'm laying on the floor, not being pushed over by anything but the presence of God, I was enveloped but with the love of God. So much so that I didn't just know that he loved me in my head, but I felt it physically in my spirit and in my soul. And it was like a warmth presence was enveloping my whole body. And so from that moment on, I could never say, God loves you more than he does me. Because there was no question whatsoever that God through his Holy Spirit went, you are completely and utterly loved. And it was just, as I said, it's one of the most breakthroughing, breakthroughing, that's not one word. I do that. But it was one of the times where I just so went, if that did not happen, I probably would still be sitting here now. Now, God would have used other things, but I could still be sitting here now thinking, yep, God loves me. No doubt about that. He just loves everybody else more. And what a sad thing to live with. So it's just so overwhelming. Meanwhile, I, uh, I was on a journey through high school where I knew God. I obviously had, had earlier experiences that I couldn't explain, but because I knew God as a God of the Bible and not a God of now, today, there was a wrestle that went on with me in terms of trying to impress God, trying to please him, trying to do the right thing and thinking that that was actually going to achieve something, that that was going to be, it was almost, I got to the point of going, would it be better to be dead than alive? Because at least then I get to be in heaven because this just seems like hard work. This just seems like a chore, this whole living and trying to, trying to please God just is like hard work. And in it amongst it as a teenager, there was some some sexual stuff that wasn't healthy and I just hated myself for it. And and I just I just externally I was very impressive. I did a good job of 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 not swearing, not drinking, not smoking, of getting great marks at school. Um I was I was your model student. Um but internally I I was I was dead. I didn't have any sense of of hope apart from when you, when you finish it all and you get to go to heaven. Um, or Jesus comes again. They were the two things to look forward to. Jesus coming again um, or heaven because life on earth was just hard. You impress people with your actions and you realise that they're actually a lie because internally, you know, there's, there's, there's dirt there. There's, um, and I was forgiven. I knew that. I knew the Bible and I knew, I knew my... I knew the truth, but it was it was head knowledge, and and I knew it in my head, and and that was it was just hard work owning that and remembering that, until I started going to Tanya's church in third year uni. Now, obviously, you've heard a little bit about what was going on at Tanya's church, and um, and there was a real engagement with the word. It was a sense that this is actually real for today. This isn't about what happens after you die. We're not just trying to save people so that they get into heaven. There's actually a reason to live. And finally, I had some context nine years later for what I experienced as an 11-year-old, that the Holy Spirit was actually real, that actually had some significance of it for our lives, that, that what I'd um, wrestled with for nine years wasn't actually mine on my own to wrestle with. It was never intended that way. It was never the design. Um, and in some ways, I felt a little ripped off that I had to spend those nine years doing that. 
But now I look at it and go, God really blessed me with that opportunity to, to not just take it for granted. Because in the next two or three years, I did, uh, I did the Alpha course, which has a Holy Spirit weekend in it and uh, was, was baptized in the Spirit that weekend, which was amazing. I had opportunities to, to go on coffee shops up to Echuca and just to, just to hear God answer prayer. You, you'd, be, you'd have a prayer room next door to the coffee shop and there'd be little notes slipped through the door of prayer requests. People, the, the, you know, people might have met someone that day and just asking you to pray that they would come in that night and instantly see God answer prayer in the moment. You get a slip of paper, you pray for it, you walk out of the room and what you've prayed has happened. And I was like, wow, there is actually, there's actually real tangible presence of God here. We're not waiting until we die to experience God. We actually can experience God here and now. And in amongst that, I went to a prophetic conference in uh, Bendigo and, uh, and there was a, a, a prophet, um, Vicky Simpson now. I don't know what We've her... We've been trying to find out what her last name was this week, but we can't remember what it was. We just know what it it's is like now. DiMaggio or something. It's an Italian-y sounding name. And she'd come to our church a couple of times because um, she, she, was, she knew someone from our church and she'd visited. And we went to this conference and she was teaching. And so Matt, head knowledge, proud, arrogant, cocky, do you know that, that sort of it's all about what you can think. She's actually teaching good quality biblical teaching about experiencing the Holy Spirit. And it's like, hang on, we've just stretched past head knowledge into into something that's actually tangible here. And I prophesied for the first time that weekend, which was amazing. Um, And to hear the person that you're prophesying for talk about the significance of it. And the funny thing is that person also prophesied for me. And as a young guy, there there was two things that was really significant. And uh, and that prophecy was one of the two significant things, and that was a car. Um, (laughs) and, uh, And they saw a picture of four wheels and shared with me this. And I'd been wrestling about spending money on a car and would it be a good thing or would it be a bad thing and and they just nailed it there on the spot the first time they prophesied too um which was just such an encouragement um but that night as I was praying in bed the Lord spoke to me in a in a new way in a fresh way in a in a real way the spirit told me about a wrestle that I'd had for 12 months because there was a girl I liked but I was leading I was leading a youth group with her and I knew I cared more about the kingdom than I did about this girl I liked. And I went, God, there's three of us leading this youth group. It's going to get really, really awkward if I ask her out and it doesn't go well. And I, and I love these kids and I want the best for these kids. And um, that night he said, it's all okay, I got this. So I, um, it's the first time I've ever asked a girl out. And the last time I've ever asked a girl out um, and uh, didn't make the conversation any less awkward, can I tell you that? <laughs> but um, that weekend was really significant in terms of the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit having an impact on my life that wasn't about just words on a page that I'm trying hard to exercise and hard to implement, but actually a God who went, I care enough for you that I want to speak into your life personally. And that blew me away. And that, that was part of a really significant, again, like Tan's experience, a significant change, a significant shift in my life where I knew that 
God wanted to know me now, but he didn't just want to know me. He wanted to have an impact on my life now, and he was prepared to do everything to achieve that. So there was a season of probably three or four years where my eyes were just blown wide open by God's ability to engage with his people and his desire to personally engage with his people. And that was, that was phenomenal. That was just amazing just to be able to be part of that and experiencing it and to see God respond because my head knowledge can only go so far. I knew God wanted me to respond. And it was actually when I responded that he went, it's like, it's like Peter to getting out of the boat. You don't know if you can walk on water until you get out of the boat. Um, and that's what I was experiencing. I was actually experiencing taking those steps of faith where I didn't necessarily know what was going to happen with this step. And yet God was there and it was solid and it was purposed and it was ordained. And in, in that season, he, he had breakthrough in the things that I'd wrestled and hated myself with, miraculously so. Um, he had amazing character changes in my, in my la- life and in my heart and my perspective of myself. He, um, he did amazing things in terms of directing me and calling me to different ministries and different, different ways of, of looking at things. There was an absolute, you t- we talk about being a new creation. I, I experienced for the first time what a new creation was, not in my mind, but in the way I was living and in the way God was doing things. And that wasn't me. I didn't do that. But God wanted to do that in and through me. And, um, and that just blew me away. Cool. Before I get on to what I have planned to say, if, you, if you're looking for someone to marry, marrying someone who cares more about the kingdom than he does about you is a really good thing to do. Let me just say, really, like that, seriously, that's really true. Anyway, so I had this experience with the Holy Spirit and I was so excited. And I had, when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I had some wonderful disciples and some fantastic mentors. And one of them said to me, the gift of the Holy Spirit is a gift. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are gifts. They have nothing to do with you. God gives them to you. But you actually have to unwrap them. You have to use them and you have to actually practice them. And for them to become a natural part of your life, you have to actually action something. You can't just sit and wait and experience the presence of God and that not actually lead to practicing and that working. And so the next thing that I started to do was to go, okay, this is such a fantastic thing. I want this for everybody and I want God to use me. So I prayed for anybody and everybody. We had a Sunday night prayer meeting where we would all get together, people in my church, and we would just seek God and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? We want to just have your way, do what you want to do. And I remember the first time that I, there was like three of us that were praying for this person. And after we prayed, she turned to me and said, what you prayed was exactly what I needed to hear. And I went, wow, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and actually used me to make a difference in someone's life. Like that was mind-blowing. And so then I went, okay, I want more of this. I want the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I studied the Bible and studied the gifts of the Holy Spirit and what they all were. And the Bible tells us to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. So I'm like, fantastic. I am there. I'm going to eagerly desire. Which one am I going to eagerly desire? Prophecy. Because who doesn't want prophecy? Who doesn't want to be able to say to someone, I see this in you, Sam. This is what God's going to do. And to see it happen. Like, how cool is that? 
So I decided that I was going to become a prophet. Um, the end of the story is I am not a prophet, but I decided I was going to become a prophet. And so I um, would ask God to reveal things to me and I would try and just try and make it all happen. Um, and at the same time, I was um, starting to work in an organisation that I still do some work for called Youth Dimension, which is a interdenominational youth, you know, it's an organisation that um, go, gets local uh, churches to go into local high schools and, and um, do lunchtime programs and share Jesus. And they also do um, an internship program. So they, they teach um, people the Bible and the things of God. Um, and character development and all that kind of stuff. And I was working in the character development teaching side of things. Um, and the number of times I would come out of a class and have someone come up to me and say, when you shared that, that provided breakthrough in my life. That when The way that you just explained that and the way – when you said those words, God went, boom, that is for you and I am different because of it. It happened so often – that I decided I must have the gift of prophecy. That must be what it is, because half the time what was meaningful to them wasn't anything that I'd prepared to say. It was just what I said in the moment. And I used to do those, and I, you know, um, anybody done like a gift survey? When you like tick all these boxes and it comes out and tells you what gift it was? I used to do those constantly until they gave me the answer I wanted. Um, <laughs> Because that's what I wanted to eagerly desire, and you know, I wanted what I wanted. Um, but then I had the revelation that God actually can give you, and I truly believe this God can give you any gift He wants in the moment and at the time. So if there's someone before you that wants healing, don't say, Oh, sorry, I don't have the gift of healing, let me find someone that does. Pray, and God can give you that gift in that moment. But I also believe that he gives us gifts that we operate out of more naturally and we operate out of consistently. Um, and that's where the body comes into play so well because it can be we're praying for healing and you can go, oh, I know someone who has a gift of healing that happens to be right here. Let me get them to pray with me too because we want to use people in the way that God has naturally desired them. Anyway, so someone came to me and said, Tan, I really think that God has given you a gift of wisdom. And I'm like, oh, that's what it is. It's not the gift of prophecy, but it's the gift of wisdom. So then, of course, I started studying the gift of wisdom and realised that that is actually the spiritual gift that I still to this day, and please correct me if I'm wrong, believe that I operate out of more naturally. The gift of wisdom that says, that sees things practically in the here and now and able to be able to say, hey, maybe this is the way that... It should be. And be able to take God's word and use it in a way that actually is relevant to people and, and can speak into people's lives in a way that um, is helpful for the here and now and for the practical at working. Um, so I would be disappointed because I really, really wanted the gift of prophecy. Um, but I was really pleased that I finally realised what gift I have because when you realise what, like what your natural gift is, that's really when you can actually... Just be free in that and use it how God wants you to. Um, and it doesn't become, you're just grabbing at straws, but you can actually be content in who God's made you to be. And I can see how the gift of teaching that he's given me, the gift of wisdom that he's given me, the gift of pastoral care he's given me all at work itself and actually line up really nicely. 
Um, and now I'm much more comfortable in who God's made me to be because I know how it all fits together um, and because I practiced it, because I actually deliberately went, I so want to give this a go and I had really gracious people that let me prophesy over them and pray for healing because I wanted, yeah, it was really, I was, I'm so grateful for the people that allowed me to experiment on them um, because out of that I learned who God made me to be and learned about those gifts and it just was such, it's so fantastic when you know who God's made you to be and you can be um, comfortable in that. I, um, sorry, I'm just thinking. Um, obviously, um, by this stage, we're, we're kind of journeying together. Um, and, uh, and there's, uh, there's some awesome, as Tan shared, there's some natural gifts, but, um, you know, you, you've probably heard Tan give prophetic words before. Um, and I know she'll give more prophetic words. I guess there's uh, there's a difference between the gift of the, the prophetic and the office of the prophet. Um, so some people are set apart to be a prophet, but we're actually all called to hear from God, to hear the Spirit, to to sense that and to to exercise that. So I guess I want to just it's, I was pausing just to go. It's really important to know that um, that there are some natural natural naturally supernatural. Um, there's some things that God gives you to play a role in the body. Um, but in any moment, um, God will provide what you need for what, he, what he's, the situation you're in. Um, I, uh, it, there, was, there was a sense of, of freedom, of, of release, of um, purpose, um, of meaning, of direction, of hearing, of responding, um, and, uh, and doing that together was awesome. And there's, there's a whole heap of complementary things that, um, that, that Matt, who works with his head, and Tanya, who works with her heart, um, was able to, to bring together um, as we journeyed. Um, but it wasn't, all, it wasn't all roses because... And they, I'll, give, I'll give one story um, of an experience that uh, for a number of years, I would say... Damaged, maybe is the wrong word. Wounded, hindered um, me spiritually. Um, we we were a fairly small church, and there was a lady who was aware or, or was connected somehow with um, some people in Queensland, and she'd asked if we'd form a little bit of a worship team for a a, a conference. Um, now, when we formed it, we were under the impression that it was a worship conference, but it was actually it was a prophetic conference. Which didn't matter. There was no there was no issue with that. So so we we formed this little little band, three or four people from our church, and there were one or two others that we didn't know that came together. And we started on the Friday evening um, for this Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and as the evening went on, I got less and less comfortable with what was happening. Um, it wasn't a it, this is out of my comfort zone physically. It was out of my comfort zone spiritually. There were things that were being said that I went, this does not sit right. This, this, is, not, this is not healthy. Um, and I, um, Tanya's sister was, was singing in our little group. And, and as we drove home, I was like, what, what did you make of that? What was, what was going on there? And she went, yeah, I was really uneasy with that. Um, and it wasn't, wasn't healthy. And we went, okay, we'll go back tomorrow and we'll see what goes on here and 
because we're worshipping. We're, we're, do you know what I mean? We're going, well, that, that's got to be a good thing. That can't be bad. Um, but that weekend, I saw the power and gifts of the Spirit being abused. Um, and it was evil. Um, it was wrong. It was, um, it was unbiblical. <laughs> but it also just, and and I didn't grow up in you know an AOG church and or, and kind of have have any framework to put this in. Um, and I went, this can't, this this power shouldn't be given to people. People don't deserve this stuff. The, the Holy Spirit is way too significant and uh, this, this power and what God gives is way too, um, it's too powerful <laughs> for, for flawed people to, to have in their hands. Um, and I was really angry at God um, at this experience, at the fact that there was, you know, 100, 120 people there all, um, all being part of something that wasn't right, that wasn't healthy. Um, and um, and it did set me back a number of years. I I went. I I don't want to abuse this stuff. I I can see God. I, I've experienced the good side of it, but but I've also now witnessed the 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 really really wrong side of it um, when it's misused and it's abused. And and I could tell you stories, but they're, they're irrelevant. Um, and probably for two or three years. Um, I was just dormant in terms of, you know, I, I knew that the Holy Spirit talked to me and I was, we, you know, there was, there was a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, but corporately, that's too dangerous. Let's not, let's not go into that corporate space because corporately it's open to being mucked up. It's going to get wrecked. Um, and since then, I've obviously heard of it, that not being the one time that that happened. Um, it's actually possible to happen all the time. Um, oh, it, it, it's, it's possible. Um, I'm not saying that is, it does happen all the time, but it is possible. And that was the, the point at which um, we came to Catalyst. Um, so uh, I was, my aim was to, uh, to find a big church that we could hide in the back row of um, and, uh, and just ride the wave. That was ready, oh, that's where I was ready to be. Um, I didn't want to push any boundaries. I didn't want to, didn't want to provoke anything. Um, I just wanted to ride the, ride the wave. And yet, at the same time, God, we felt, called us to Pakenham. We, we knew that. We heard that. We agreed on that, uh, to Pakenham, to officer. Um, and um, there was a number of things God was doing, um, you know, to put uh, Mark and my dad in the same room together. Um, that, that wasn't a mistake. Um, but it was bizarre and out of the blue. Um, and, uh, and we actually, a number of you would have heard this, as we were driving into the car park on the Vision Sunday, the first week of Catalyst, we, uh, Tanya said to me, if it's just the pastor's car there, we're not even stopping. We're turning around. We're not even think, parking the car. I think three cars. If there's, not, if there's only three cars, we're turning away, around and going back. But there's much more than three cars. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so... The, the beauty of what God does just blows me away because he knew I'd, me hiding in a big church wasn't where I needed to be. He knew 
that he'd equipped me, enabled me, he'd taught me, he'd given me gifts, he'd exercised those gifts in my life, and they were buried. Um, and I was living a lie because I wasn't trusting God, I was distrusting people. Um, and so because of my distrust of people and their ability to exercise what God gave them, I'd actually thrown God out in the mix too. And so, um, and so this was a an amazing incubator. It was amazing space where God reignited things that he'd actually already deposited. He'd actually provided, and, and a lot of you have experienced this too, a safe place to experience what the Holy Spirit is already doing. Not that we all of a sudden flick a switch and, uh, and the Holy Spirit turns on. The Holy Spirit is already working, but, but it reignited my trust of what the Holy Spirit is doing greater than my trust of what people are doing. Um, and, um, and there was a sense of hope and of purpose in what God was doing in amongst and in, th- in, uh, in and through people. And, um, and in actual fact, to be able to identify the, the bad stuff wasn't designed to damage me at all. It was to actually give depth of experience and so even through the time where um, I didn't hate God, but I hated what he was doing, um, even through that season, he was actually grooming and teaching and refining and giving a foundation that was more solid than any one person or any group of people. Um, and it was, uh, it was awesome just to see. Um, I am the less cynical and the more trusting one of the, <laughs> the two of us. She's right. I, I'm speaking. I know I'm not trying to lie. I'm just a <laughs> Um And so, in in Matt's in Matt's struggle, I had less of a struggle. I didn't actually go to the conference that that really tipped him over the edge of going. People are not trustworthy, and my natural thing is to trust people. Um, and even when they are not trustworthy, to give them another chance and trust them again because that's just what I do. Um, and so. Um, so, yeah, so my, so my experience was more consistent and more just God um, developing me more and showing me how he can um, give you those gifts when you need them. Um, and, and when you ask for wisdom, he gives it to you. When you, when you um, pray in faith, he actually turns up and, and, and reveals himself. And, um, and I've just been amazed over the last few years of the way that the Holy Spirit has actually led Matt and I. The reason we're sitting up here, as Matt said before, is because God told us we don't like talking about ourselves because we think it talks about us and makes it all about us and we don't actually like to do that. So the only reason that we're telling you these stories is because we go, God told us to, and we hope that as we tell these stories, they help you to go, what is my journey with the Holy Spirit? And to realise that he's moving and working and wants to continue to move and work. The reason that we're leading Catalyst is because God told us to. I remember clearly driving up to the Liberty Centre when Matt was working one day a week and seeing him on the phone and looking up and going, he's meant to be here and he's meant to be here like heading this thing up. Um, And Bible verses that God gave us, like the only reason we did it was not because we think that we have some amazing thing, but because we think God actually told us to. In my school, with my, um, there's a mum at school, 
um, who is all into spiritualism. And she, she gets her palms read and she goes on Facebook and every feed of hers is her clicking on the psychics on Facebook that you can like give them your name and they'll give you back like things about yourself and I don't know how it works. I just see her little feeds come up. Um, and late last, I think it was late last year, she was over at our place and she was sharing how tough life has been at the moment and, and all this kind of stuff. And I just felt God say, ask to pray for an hour. And so I did. I said, is it okay if I pray for you? And she said, yep, that's cool. So we prayed in my backyard. And when I finished praying, she went, wow, did you feel that? I've never felt some, like a presence so powerful as that. And did you know there was like a, there was like a, uh, like, I don't know how to explain it, but it was like, it's, it's like you were an angel. There was all this light glowing around you. Did you feel that light? And I said to her, that's the Holy Spirit. She's like, what's the Holy Spirit? And so I was able to share with her what the Holy Spirit is and how he interacts and how he moves in our life. And she's like, boy, that spirit is a powerful spirit. Now, she still wants every spirit that will come to her. But for her to be able to experience the Holy Spirit and to be able to identify him as the powerful one, you've got to love that. And you've got to say, God, take that and use that and do what you want with it. Like, that's just so cool. And the thing I love about the Holy Spirit is that sometimes I have in the past think he's a separate entity to who God is. But all the character of God and the character of the Holy Spirit are actually the same. The love of God is the love of the Holy Spirit. The power of God is the power of the Holy Spirit. Um. And that has been my journey with the Holy Spirit, that daily I ask him, what have you got in store today? Every time I come on Sunday, I say to God, God, what do you want to say and do you want to use me to say it? And I think that's a great thing for all of us to do because God, as Matt said, God can speak to each one of us anytime he wants to. And sometimes I used to think God would just tell me. Like I would just be going along my way and if God wants to say something, he'll just drop it into my head. And he does sometimes, but more often it's when we actually seek the things of God that he actually reveals himself more to us. Um, and that has been my experience. And the fantastic, the thing that's been so exciting these last couple of years has been Daniel. Daniel turns 11, he's away today, but he turns 11 next Monday, so Monday a week. And last year... Daniel started coming up to me and saying, Mum, I feel like God's spoken to me. This is what he said. I don't know what it means. I think God wants me to say something at men's prayer. Like I pray with Daniel every night and Daniel has been going to men's prayer um, quite regularly. And every Tuesday night, Daniel prays, God, please give me something to pray tomorrow at prayer. Um, and then he comes and says, oh, God's been showing me this. Do you think, like, I don't know who it's for. Like, who should I share it with? Like, what's going on here? And I just think it's fantastic that Daniel doesn't have to go, oh, who's the Holy Spirit? How does it work? What's the whole thing? But because of the blessing that God has given Matt and I and our experience and our understanding of the Holy Spirit, it's natural for him. He doesn't think it's a weird thing that God's speaking to him. He just doesn't know how to actually use that. And that's what I, like, that's what I think is so exciting to, when you actually see the freedom that the Holy Spirit brings and the fact that he speaks to us when we ask him to. 
And I think that's the one thing we really want to make sure that you hear today is that our lives are a testimony of what the Holy Spirit does, not because of us, not because of we're, we're any different to anyone else, um, but we want to acknowledge that the fact that we're married, the fact that we live here, the fact that we are at this church, the fact that we're sitting here, that our lives are actually the fruit not of our work and our doing, but of a spirit that is alive and active and living um, to there was there was a um, a spot where I was um, in Fiji um, and John Veloso and I were walking through the men's ward praying for people and uh, and John went over there and I went over here and and I was praying for this guy and his his son would have been uh, about 18 was standing next to his bed and both were very very flat this the dad had um diabetes and um was not in a good way and so I started praying for the dad um and as I was praying for the dad I had a real sense that God actually wanted me to pray for the son the son was more sick than the dad I went that's weird that doesn't make sense that doesn't fit into my head Mr. Logical. Um, <laughs> but I went, no, I've got to respond to this. So I said to the son, can I pray for you? And I've got no idea what I'm about to pray because I don't know what the son needs prayer for. And I started praying for this guy. And, um, and as I prayed, words were coming out that I hadn't actually, pre- I hadn't pre-prepared. They were just flowing and they were just coming. And, um, and I finished praying and the dad is in tears and the son's in shock. And, um, and the dad shared about how the son had wandered off, that they, they were a good Christian family, but the son had decided to, to wander away and explore life his own way as a teenager. And, um, and the dad was just blown away that someone would come and pray for his son for breakthrough in his son's life. And the son was still in shock at this point and was politely grateful but I returned the next day and the son had a massive smile on his face and uh and and just shared about the transformation and the things he was planning to do and that over the last 24 hours he just had a reignited desire just to be where God wanted him to do be and doing the things that he wanted him to do and I went that is what the Holy Spirit is about that is why the Holy Spirit tells us what to do and leads us and equips us and enables us um, because there is plans and purposes for each one of us that we don't necessarily understand. But when we trust and when we surrender to what the Spirit is saying and doing, He does things that are well beyond our capabilities and leads and guides in ways that are completely, completely beyond what we can comprehend. And so... I guess we don't want it to be about us today. We want it to be about the Holy Spirit um, and the, the fact that the Holy Spirit eagerly desires to have control of your life, not because the Holy Spirit's a control freak, but because there's places of breakthrough and opportunities and purposes. And if we want to have an impact in this, king, in this area, if we want the kingdom to grow in this area, it's only going to happen by the Holy Spirit. There's things that we're going to do 
that we're going to just fall flat on our face because we're just working hard, trying to open doors that aren't open. But as we press into the Spirit and as we trust the Spirit to lead and to guide and to say to each and every one here, what is it you want me to be doing? It's in that place that the Spirit moves and works and, 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 and um, opens doors that we have no idea about. And so um, we, we hope that what we've shared today is an encouragement to go, God, where am I at with you? Where, where am I? And, and, and we're, we're not perfect. We've got plenty of asking to do too. There's lots of things that we need to grow and learn and we need to be equipped greater in and we need to stretch in and we need to trust God more in. Um, there's plenty for us to do, but it's never in, it was never intended to be a whole heap of little islands that are experiencing God as islands. We're actually designed to experience one God with one spirit that brings one unity with one church. And so if we're going to be that church, then we've actually can only do that by the spirit. And, and it's that spirit that we need to press into. It's that spirit that we need to seek, that we need to yearn for. If there's anything that's broken, if there's anything that's confusing, if there's anything that, that we're feeling weak in and powerless in, that is where the source comes from. And that is where our purpose and our direction comes from. And so this morning, um, we'd love um, to be praying um, together as individuals, as couples, um, as, as people who are hungry for the Spirit. Because our hearts, the only thing that we do is we surrender. That's, that's what we offer. We offer God submission. And what he gives back is mind-blowing. And so there's a, there's a, there's a, um, a truth and a, um, a knowledge that we have that's, that's in our heads, and yet it's through what we actually step out into, that's when we surrender. We can say, tomorrow is a new day, God, I'm going to give you tomorrow. And he says, now, don't wait till tomorrow. Sometimes I think Sundays are a little bit, little bit like New Year's resolutions. We kind of go, yeah, God, I'm inspired on a Sunday with, you know, when we get together and I hear what, what, what's going on in your, you know, in your church and stuff. Um, and yet, by Monday, it seems like a distant past and it was, it's all a bit hard work. But the Spirit goes beyond the Sunday into the Monday, into the Tuesday. And when we gather together, we're actually just celebrating what the Spirit's been doing during the week. And that's what this place is. This place is an opportunity to release people so that tomorrow, that appointment that the Holy Spirit has for you is exercised, is done. You trust Him. You trust what He's saying to you. You trust that He's got your back that when you do that thing and it's hard and you don't think you're capable, that God actually wants to use you. And it's because he's enabled you that, it's that, that that's possible, not because you're the most awesome person in the world. It's because he's the most awesome person in the world. And um, I say this all the time, but I hope after hearing a little bit about us that when we say respond to what the Spirit's saying, it's not just a nice idea. It's what I eagerly desire for myself and I eagerly desire for every single person that calls Catalyst Church their home and for visitors and for those that are walking down the street. If we can respond to the Spirit and what the Spirit is doing, then, then we're, in a, we're in a good place.
We're in a really good place. Um, I really encourage you to just say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me. Lord, have breakthrough in those areas that I need breakthrough in. Lord, give me answers in the places that I have questions. Lord, give me strength in the places that I'm weak. And let's not do that on our own. Let's do that together. If there's someone who, need, who wants prayer, just two people, love two people to pray with them. Um, and uh, just really encourage you just to press in and go, Holy Spirit, I surrender. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. Dear God, we do want to just come before you and give ourselves to you, God. We want you to speak what is true, God. We want you to come and have your way, God. Lord God, you have something for everybody here. It is the same spirit that is at work, God. The same spirit that was at work in the Bible is the same spirit at work today, God. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just come and speak. That you will lead, that you will guide. We need more of you, God. Because we want to further your kingdom, God. And we know that that is your heart and your desire, God. So come and move. Come and work, Lord. I just really want to pray, God, even now against anything that holds us back from surrendering to you, God. I want to pray against fear of people, God. I want to pray against, I've done this before and nothing really happened. I want to pray against, oh, well, this isn't really for you. Lord, you are a God who eagerly desires us that so wants your presence to come and fall on us, God, because we know and you know that without you, it's impossible to please God. Without you, we are really nothing, God. Without you, it's just hard work. And we don't want to work hard, God. We want to work in your strength and in your spirit, God. So come and speak, God.